Every Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com slash panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of conspiracy characters that Now Space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. At some point, we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds.
everybody. Welcome to Down Ballot. We do this show live every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific right here. Echoplex Media. That's on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. I'm producer Dave and you can find me on Grinder. Más o menos. Esto es the Councilman. You can find me on Twitter at T-H-E underscore Councilman. Um, although uh, this week has been a little bit crazy for me on the campaign and election front. So I haven't been tweeting or replying as much as I'm used to. Um, but uh Thanks for all for joining us. I'm looking forward to a really feisty election night uh, here on Down Ballot. Please stay tuned for Local Love later on. And uh, obviously, stay tuned to all of the Echoplex Media channels. Give us some of your Patreon bucks. Give us some of your show bucks. Give us some of your Twitch subs. And uh, make sure that you tune in both here live and also uh, download that podcast on any podcatcher that you so choose to use. Because we, we like to appreciate freedom here on Echoplex Media, and that's exemplified by this huge star and stripes uh, icon on our screen at this point here. <laughs> There's, oh, God. Well, it's on your screen. Um, yeah, sorry. It's on my screen. I'm yeah, yeah, it's not on. Certainly, we, we don't have any uh, patriotic icon, iconography on our stream ever. Don't, don't get it. Yeah, no, this, is, this is definitely from the, uh, the news stream, in fact. It's probably their decision t- 2022 uh, uh, iconograph. Um, but if, uh, since it is election night, I thought we could just hop right into it. We've got quite a few stories on the docket. Thank you for helping to um, pull together many, many stories um, on what's going on out there, Producer Dave. Yes, our first uh, story is... It's not looking good for Chessa in the recall. That's pretty much what it's looking like, and uh, we'll just let the, the story play out, and we'll talk about it on the other side. Primary election day is here. Polls open. Uh, in about an hour, voters in San Francisco are deciding should their district attorney stay or should he go? Chesa Boudin faces recall today in an election that's really getting national attention. Today in the base, Chris Sanchez joining us this morning with what's at stake for Boudin as well as the city. Chris. Well, good morning to you both. So experts say that this is really about more than just the recall of Chesa Boudin. This really speaks to whether or not his progressive policies are too lenient on crime, as his critics have proposed. Now, the campaign went late into the night. Now, what we're not going to do is show you any statistics on violent crime in San Francisco. We'll talk to the Correct. person on the street. Correct. We're not actually going to do journalism. Uh, in this piece, <laughs> this is all going to be conjecture. I mean, you talk to campaign consultants, and even that is frank, uh, absolutely like a uh, person on the street kind of commentary anyway, right? They're all just designed to say what's going to best support their own candidate or their own client, as it were. Um, so yeah, like this, this is pretty shoddy journalism. You'd be showing some graphs and showing how actually violent crime has what gone declined. Down gone down since Chesa Boudin was elected. So, and by the way, he was elected with a majority of the vote um, in a, uh, an election with um, broad participation, not the 14% that we're seeing right now um, coming to the polls in California, at least as of yesterday. Um, I've heard that there have been quote unquote lines to drop off ballots today, but I don't buy that. Um, it's going to be really, 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 really low turnout. Um, and every old white vote is going to count like 10 times more than it normally would. So I'm oh, really you mean like uh, the, you mean like how the Senate works, like the U S United States Senate. Exactly. We're going to, uh, there's like electric- a cow in Wyoming that has more senatorial power than I do. This is actually true. Um, this has been proven by facts and you can actually, we could have a chart that shows that. Um, but yeah, I know that we're going to see that play out here locally. Um, and you're going to see the decisions you have to make and the choices you have in front of you in November, 
um, in a general election are determined by the primary election in a lot of ways. So um, if you don't like who's on the ballot for mayor in November, you probably should have voted in June. Um, but not many people have. Both so if you, so, you still, you still have 21 minutes to connect with voters in San Francisco, gathering that last minute support. Chesa Boudin was elected, you might remember, on a platform of social justice, fewer incarcerations, more diversion programs. But opponents say that that platform has now turned into a lack of prosecution for criminals. Country needs criminal justice reform, but criminal justice reform doesn't mean just letting people out of custody. And it's not a choice. I mean, maybe it does. You have to choose between criminal justice reform and public safety. You can have both at the same time. And he is uh, not delivering that. They're interested in exploring other ways. I never knew who that guy was. They are not committed to a punishment-only approach, a jail-only approach. They want services. They want supports. Now, a lot of eyes. Oh, well, they're not, they just cut. They didn't even have the volume and on. They have no audio from Yikes, dude. Op-eds from big newspapers across the country. And that is because we are wondering whether or not this is going to say something about that movement for social justice reform. The polls are open until 8 o'clock tonight. Back to you. That was great. They, they showed him talking, but they didn't let us hear what he's saying. Right. It, uh, convenient. Uh uh, awkward loss of audio there. Uh, so, Producer Dave, what do you think um, if Chesa Boudin were to be recalled tonight, um, and we'll check out the results um, a little later on on Down Ballot Watch, uh, what do you think that means in terms of the national conversation around police reform, defund the police, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, uh, what, what do you think that would mean if he w- were recalled tonight? Not much. I don't, at least I would hope so, because he's not a cop, so... Like he can only prosecute what the fucking police bring him. So first, like that's like that's like one thing. The other thing is like they're like leaning on property crime that has always existed in San Francisco. Um, everybody ever since I've known anybody that moved to San Francisco, they're like, oh, your car gets your windows get smashed out in your car every once in a while here. Um, Yeah, welcome to the city. Do Do you think it? Do you think it puts the police reform or defund what again, whatever you want to call it, but defund is a very easy word, but it, uh, the police reform or policing reform movement, do you think it sets it back at all that he would be, if he were to be recalled in terms of the narrative, right? And the politics. I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see because like, it would be interesting to watch a bunch of right-wingers who say San Francisco's hella crazy. Then like try to lean on this, like San Francisco did the right thing or, or you know what I'm saying? They'll go, oh, yeah. even in liberal San Francisco, they'll do that. But it's like, fucking, they're going to do that no matter what happens if, like, something goes their way in a city. I don't know. I don't know. I, I No, I actually had the exact same thought. I was thinking, you know, this is one of those moments where national Republicans or national conservatives will will look at this and, and be able to harp on exactly that. You know, even in, you know, liberal bastion San Francisco, even they know Chesa Boudin and this crazy radical criminal justice reform movement has gone too far, you know. Um, and that'll be the narrative in Texas, right? <laughs> Cause we're fucking crazy here. That's how they view all of us in the Bay area is, is wacko liberals. Um, so the fact that we, um, couldn't get it together to defend our own, our own person, um, is going to be laughable to them. Um, in much, much the same way that I think we kind of, um, uh, we laugh at uh, you know other countries that struggle with democracy, right? When we have our own issues right here with democracy, so um, yeah, I've yet to be seen what this means for the national narrative. I think that because it's such a small, we're such, seeing such small turnout. It's such a small electorate politically. Like I, you know, at any other election, I think Chesa would walk to um, you know to safety. It's just that we're seeing 
you know, abysmally low turnout. And that usually means that the more frothy um, base turns out, right, and wins. And that's the, that's the recall effort. So um, we saw that with the school, school board elections. We'll probably see that here. Um, and I'm, it's disappointing. But we'll see. The results will come in later. And maybe Chess's um, consultants have been saying that everyone's getting it wrong. As consultants are want to do, like I said, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's their, that's their job, right? To spin a narrative Absolutely. that it's that Absolutely. So that yes. people, people don't go, well, there's no hope. I might as well not vote. Yes. And especially the base, right? Well, I mean, one, they're getting paid to, you know, usually lots of money. And the guy like Jay Ross, who's, who's working for Chesa is, is getting paid lots of money um, to do this work. Um, so he's in a way obligated that way. But yeah, in the same way, you also don't want to depress your base. You don't want to depress any last minute votes. You know, do you want to, you don't want to lose any momentum you might have and also disappoint and dis depress your, your friends by saying like, we don't have a chance guys. Thanks. Thanks for all the fish. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Cool. Well, we're going to move on to winners and losers here where, uh, there are no winners, but on the off chance, there is a winner. It's not the one you were, not the one you were rooting for. Right. It's usually some old white dude. So it looks like we got the first probable case of monkeypox detected in the San Francisco. We begin with that breaking news. It is here. The Bay Area has its first suspected case of monkeypox. The outbreak mm -hmm. of this rare virus, distinguished by that rash, appears to have spread to the Bay Area. Now, this is the fifth monkeypox case in California. The first three were identified in Sacramento County last week. And then last night, we told you about a suspected case in Los Angeles County and now here in the Bay Area. So how concerned should you be? NBC Bay Area's Ian Cull spoke with an infectious disease expert. Tonight, the first probable case of monkeypox confirmed in San Francisco. The public health department says the unidentified person traveled to a location with an outbreak in cases. They're in isolation and in good condition. The person hasn't had any close contacts in San Francisco. We spoke with UCSF infectious disease specialist, Dr. Peter Chin Hong. You need to be together with somebody for more than three hours, typically to get monkeypox. Monkeypox is a rare but potentially serious viral illness, usually found in West and Central Africa. It was first discovered in monkeys in the late 1950s. More than a decade later, it spread to humans. Common symptoms include fever, aches, and a distinctive rash all over the body. We asked if it's something people should worry about. We should not be worried at all. This is expected. Actually, uh, we expected that there would be an increase in cases, but the increase in cases has not been astronomical or exponential. It's been very gradual. He says there are already PCR tests to detect it, and monkeypox usually takes three weeks after exposure to get sick. But I think there are two things I'd probably ask people to do specifically around monkeypox. First of all, don't be intimate with anybody who is ill. And that's not just a monkeypox thing. That goes for COVID. The second thing to do, obviously, is if you see a very characteristic rash, work with uh, public health to get care for that person. And then uh, they will likely do contact tracing as well. Right now, there are two vaccines available. One is specifically for monkeypox, the other, the smallpox vaccine. And if you already had smallpox or the vaccine, doctors say you're immune. The CDC is releasing additional. No, doctors shouldn't say immune. They should say you're very likely immune. Yeah, never, never speak in absolutes, especially when you're the CDC. Especially after fucking days. COVID, when they were giving you like things yeah. that were like high probability and acting as if it was a hundred percent, where all they had to do is be like, right. very high probability is this. Yeah, show me the data. Show me the chart again. Show me the bloody chart. Stockpile. 
and the state says it has procured those vaccines to distribute to counties for preventative use for people who are identified as close contacts. Doctors also say most people who get it recover on their own. Ian Cole, NBC Bay Area News. Now tonight we're also learning from the CDC that there are two variants of the monkeypox in the U.S. The agency says the variants are genetically different. There are at least 22 confirmed cases in the U.S., two from people who recently traveled to Africa. The other cases resemble the genetic makeup of an outbreak in Europe. Experts say this suggests the cases stem from two separate outbreaks, which makes tracking the origin a bit more difficult. Not if you're a, a person with a Substack blog and a fucking podcast. You already know it came from a lab in Wuhan, China. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> exactly, right? It, I, no, actually, Wuhan, forget that, man. It came from an American CIA lab in, like, uh, Kansas somewhere. Um, I, I remember, you know, okay, fine. I'll take Dr. Peter Chen Hung at his word that this is, you know, totally expected and we can deal with this and this is very easy to, to manage. I do reflect back on two years ago when you know my uh, the good wife and i were taking a little road trip um probably one of the last conferences conventions we ever went to and you know we're on the way down we're listening to npr and there's a story about this virus that's popped up in wuhan china this is january 2020 um and you two know and a half two cases years, sir. Two, almost two, yeah, and two and a half years, years. jesus christ yeah, two and a half years ago and, you know, certain few cases here and there, and um, they're trying to, trying to figure out what's going on and should folks be worried about it. And it hadn't been detected here yet, but it was here. Um, and I remember that very distinctly when I, I watch any of these now. And maybe it's a little paranoia. Um, maybe it's not, but a healthy dose of paranoia never hurts. So just be careful out there. I do note that it takes a good three hours of being with someone to, to contract it from them. So you're either talking about family or a little bit friendlier friend, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. It's well, well, well. It seems like it's not gonna. It seems like it's not gonna be a big deal, but it's it's worth keeping an eye on. And uh, absolutely, but I, I, although if we don't have to see that rash ever again, I yeah. would be very cool with that. Um, uh, but the that news is, has to now. Yeah. They have to show you what it looks like if there's rash. They have, oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not saying that you know, and I'm not saying that I won't see it again. It's just I I don't you know need to. Um, <laughs> all right, moving right along down the down the ballot here, the docket that is. Uh, so. Looks like uh, COVID cases are on the rise again. Um, if I sound like a broken record, it's, cause it's, it's happening on a regular basis, and that's fine. That's how it works. Um, but uh, some uh, counties have decided to respond by reinstituting their mask mandates, and I'm sure that's going to make people super stoked. There's some confusion, acceptance, and downright defiance. The mask mandate might oh, no be shit. Dark, but we're still seeing plenty. Dude, the place you don't want to get defiant is the fucking airport. Yeah, not even in a joking kind of way. So actually, especially not in a joking kind of way, as I found out the, the wrong way. The good wife can tell you. <laughs> anyway, con continue to play the video. And us to wear a face mask at all times. Mask mandates making a mid-year comeback. It'd be nice if it was over, but you know, it is what it is. As of today, face not coverings cool. are 
no longer optional in Alameda County, which means if you're flying to or from Oakland International, you'll have to mask up, surprising some travelers. I better get one out. The requirement revival applies to most indoor settings and comes amid rising COVID cases and hospitalizations statewide. Of course, nobody likes them, but I think it's a good thing. To be honest, I don't know if this is going to make that much of a difference. The abrupt changes announced Thursday. This is ridiculous. Are frustrating many ahead of takeoff. If TSA makes me do it, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. That's about Whoa, it. dude, get the thing fucking do what the airport <laughs> could do. The airport could be like, well, you got to get to the airport before you get to me. So you got to get through the airport before yeah. you get to the TSA. So there's the door. Get the fuck out the airport. Yeah, right. Uh, there are options here. You're not, there's no, it's not, you're not being forced to do anything. Uh, uh, fucking um, the Ruffies have an unreleased song about being a libertarian cock pickle. That's what this guy is. 100%. Hundred percent, and Rand Lovin. I'll do what I have to, but uh, I don't prefer it. Bear faces are still being let through TSA, with crowded arrivals showing the same. There were less masks than I had anticipated. That's a red flag for the Robleses, who experienced a bad case of COVID. We need to catch this early again, and so we don't get to that point again for myself and for others. Even though we're vaccinated and we're booster, I don't ever want to go through that again. Oakland Airport says the changes are being announced over their PA systems. Masks are available for passengers, and they're working to put up signs to encourage compliance. When will they be stopped? When will they Dude, actually have to put it Dude, what do you mean encourage compliance? You remember after 9-11, all the shit you had to do with the fucking, you couldn't bring on a goddamn fucking, like, shampoo and shit? Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you still can't. You still can't bring anything liquid over like three ounces, I think, on a plane. You have to take your shoes off when you go through the metal detectors, right? And you're, it's, it's not even a metal detector anymore. It's like a freaking full body nudie scan, right? Like you just sort of stand up like this and they can see all your wadi wads. It's fucking amazing. Um, because people so, are yeah. willing to be afraid of Muslims, but not of a virus. That's what I learned about America. <laughs> like America, yeah, right. we, we fear people with the wrong imaginary friend, but we're not afraid of a virus that has no Correct. belief system and exists only to kill you. Correct. I even saw a tweet about this just the other day, just breaking down like uh, the one, you know, the one time someone like tried to sneak a bomb onto a plane in their shoes. Now everyone has to fucking, you know, uh, take off their shoes. And if, and, you know, someone walks into a, first grade classroom and kills all the kids and the teachers with a gun and yet we don't do anything right (laughs) it's like what's wrong with our fucking system right now i don't know our kind of course of action here is just to ensure that communication is there so that passengers know what is expected oakland airport says even they were surprised by the changes and are working to increase awareness it's particularly confusing for arriving passengers because federal law says you don't have to wear a mask while on the plane but once you get to the airport you're in county territory in oakland valina jones nbc bay area news yeah that's a lot of different rules to follow all right thank you no it's not that's not a lot of different rules to follow so they might have just no, been filming really. this like on the first day, right, or something, well, and that might explain was, some of it. Yeah, it was hundred percent on the fly. Um, you know, they they get these, and frankly, it, local news, and we get into this on down ballot a lot because we primarily, you know, leverage local news stories. It leaves a lot to be desired in terms of journalism, right? It, it oftentimes they the news assignment desk on one of these TV stations gets a story and they 
push it out to their reporter without really a whole lot of context. And the reporter is used to covering just all sorts of different things, right? Whatever gets thrown at them. Um, and so they have no subject matter expertise. They don't really even know like the right questions to ask a lot of the time. So they're, and they're really just trying to do their job of putting together stuff, you know, hits and stories that can then get, you know, get shared on the evening news and then posted on YouTube. And hopefully they make their story, you know, something, their story is something that gets shared around a lot, right. And they get noticed and maybe they get picked up by a bigger news, news organization, right. That's the nature of the beast. And so you get these stories that just don't really have a lot of depth to them and they don't really, you know, the right questions aren't asked and the, the, the facts and the data and the charts aren't presented to you because they're not really looking for that. They're just looking to find the story and they're, they'll take whatever they can get from whoever they can get it <laughs> from. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really cynical, but uh, good media folks, you know, they pick up on that and they try to leverage that. I tried you know, in my professional work to tow a little, you know, more of an ethical line there. But, you know, I, I, I too, uh, am susceptible to the, the hot headline, the, the clickbait, right. Um, getting those likes, getting the, getting that attention. So um, I just, so I, I just feel like, anyway, sorry. If it was the, if it was the first day of this thing going in to effect, that would have been mm -hmm. what you lead the fucking story with. So that the confusion mm -hmm. makes sense to your viewer, mm -hmm. even if it's the second day, you know what I'm saying? If it's yeah. like, this is new, like impress upon people that this is new. And some of the non-compliance you're seeing is people who are getting off the plane who had no idea. Right. It's just, it's Alameda County making a decision. Here's what Alame Alameda County includes the airport in Oakland. So be aware if you're going to Oakland airport, you're going to be required to wear a mask when you're indoors, period. And most airlines, by the way, are still requiring masks on their flights. Right. I don't. I don't know that many of them are not. Um, even though the the whatever the FAA has or whoever you know said, oh, it's okay. Um, I don't know that many airlines are uh, lifting their mandates, and I would not fly on any fucking airline that didn't uh, still have a mask mandate. So if one I of our favorite of places to cover on winners and losers is the city of Milpitas. It's Milpitas. So Milpitas is going to show its its ass here. Here we go. <laughs> it's a couple becomes the victim of a racist rant in the South Bay. Appreciate you joining us tonight on Crowd4 News at 9, everybody. I'm Grant Lotus. And I'm Vicki Luviakis. The couple says that they stepped in after seeing the man, as you heard in the video there, start yelling at a woman who was alone in her car, and then he blocked her in. Crowd4's Taylor Bisaki has a story you'll only see on Crowd4 News. And Twitter. Go back to Mexico, a racist rant caught on camera at a Walmart parking lot off Ranch Drive in Milpitas on Friday. I got a guy right here. What's up? I'm scared. To be honest, I'm scared. Because I don't know, but lately it's been a lot of shootings. Lauren Amato was the one taking this video. She and her boyfriend Sebastian say they saw the man in the video harassing a woman in a car nearby. They say he parked behind the woman's car, preventing her from leaving, got out of the vehicle, and then began knocking on her windows. That's when the couple got out of their car and stepped in to help. This is a woman. She's alone. So I just, you know, I want to help. Oh, good on them. Out of my car and then, um, so he saw me and I was like, is there a problem? Amato says that's when he began yelling at her and her boyfriend, calling Sebastian a derogatory slur and telling the couple who are from Colombia to go back to Mexico. She says oh, the man nice. even threatened them with a knife. I got a knife right here. 
What's up? They called the cops. He left before the cops got there. And then the cops didn't do anything. They just asked me for, for the license. And we don't know what happened with these guys. Amato says she's disappointed by the continued racism and hate across the country. It's a bit painful because, I mean, we leave our countries to get, like, a better opportunity, you know. And we, we're not doing anything wrong here. We're just doing the best we can. We're trying to be good people. We try to help this woman. In Milpitas, Taylor Bisaki, Crown 4 News. I don't know, I guess good on those young people for just being like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Uh, absolutely good on them. And uh, these this Colombian couple who uh, apparently needs to go back to Mexico. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we see this quite a bit. Um, and it it's not as though this doesn't happen right here. Right? These are incidents right here in the Bay Area. I think this show can be a very good reminder to folks that it's not just like the deep South or whatever stereotype you have of racism, um, where this shit exists. It's right here. It's right here. It's in your neighborhood. It's right around the corner. It's next door to your house. Maybe, um, it exists. And when you see it, you need to call it the fuck out and you need to shut it down. Period. So <clears throat> the only difference, the only difference here really is that if you fuck around like that enough times, you might eventually find out. Oh yeah. If you if you're in a city and you do like yes. if, if you're in a dense oh, area, a dense diverse area, that's the main difference is that you're taking a bigger risk um by doing this. So the what <laughs> happens is the more extreme people, the the people who are more I guess prone to violence, less afraid of of mm. the consequences of it are going to be the ones doing this. So you're going to end up with like the more people people like wiling out more, like they'll be more aggressive because yeah. If they're not willing to be that aggressive, they might not even be willing to start that shit in the first place. Precisely. Precisely. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what they should have done, but bum rushing as soon as he said he had a knife isn't out of the question. Yeah, not at all. Um, just shut it down. Shut it down. Whatever it takes. Um, good on the local news for covering it, but it's more like, it's just sensationalism from the local news. The only reason we find out about this and, and the heroism of these this young couple um, is through this sensational local news, unfortunately. Um, so good on them. And, uh, let's all be, hope that we can, we would be the same. We would do the same, right. In the same situation that we would shut it down, shut it down. All right. Well, uh, speaking of shutting it down, um, if you, if you got a 18th century musket sitting around the house that your like great, 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 great grandpappy left to you, um, you could get some cash for that shit. Law enforcement in San Mateo and Marin counties both held gun buyback events to help get firearms off the street. In exchange, many people walked away with hundreds of dollars in cash. KPX 5's Max Darrow shows us the types of weapons they surrendered. At this gun buyback event in South San Francisco, law enforcement took in hundreds of guns from rifles and pistols to assault style weapons and ghost guns. Uh, rifles in the front seat. Cars lined up in South City on Saturday morning with people eager to sell their guns to the cops. I brought a 22 rifle and a handgun. One uh, service pistol, it was my husband's. A total of 392 firearms were collected. The majority were handguns, shotguns, and rifles. However, uh, we were able to get another uh, an AK-47 off the street. Law enforcement officers took in seven assault-style weapons and 12 ghost guns. 
San Mateo County Sheriff Carlos Bolanos says they will destroy all of the weapons they took in. The point of the gun buyback. Get them off the streets, um, you know, enhance public safety and ensure that they don't fall into the wrong hands. This was the fifth gun buyback event in San Mateo County in the past several years. I mean, the last four gun buybacks, there has been uh, 1,679 firearms turned in. Marin County law enforcement agencies also teamed up for a gun buyback on Saturday, the first time since 2016. A gun buyback event like today is a perfect opportunity for those that no longer want guns in their homes to come in and turn them in. These events are put on in the hopes of reducing gun violence, a topic that is top of mind for so many people right now. I think it's on everyone's mind, to be honest. We're not pretending that this will stop these mass shootings, but it's one action that people can take to keep our community safer. Robin Siebler didn't want the guns she inherited to end up in the wrong hands. If somebody breaks into my house and steals a gun that's there, my fear would be that that could then be used against other people. Fred Palmer, a retired police officer, says he didn't want an extra gun just sitting around the house anymore. You know, I just want to get rid of the gun. I would have done it for nothing. Handguns, shotguns, and rifles went for 100 bucks a piece. Assault-style weapons and ghost guns went for $200 each. In South San Francisco, Max Darrow, KPIX 5. San Mateo County is planning to hold another gun buyback event for later this year. Marin County's DA hopes to do at least two each year. Well, that's that's good. I guess it's going to get some guns off of the street. It's like a drop in the bucket, though, right? It's not a big amount of, of firearms. Yeah, and at this, and it's also in addition to that. I mean, okay, there are winners here in that. Yes, the the guns themselves are getting out of circulation, right? Um, and one can look at this like in a, a very poor analogy, but like pennies, right? They get are getting taken off the market, right, and getting yeah, taken out of circulation over time, right? In coins, uh, the same is going on here. That being said, there's just still so many guns out there you're right um and it's so easy to get them um and these are not necessarily the guns that you know mass shooters there there are a few there right there were a few of those automatic weapons but they're really the rifles and the pistols and the 22 and the 38 service revolver these aren't the weapons that are being used in these um quote-unquote mass shootings um which is really starting to bug me in a massive kind of a way as a phrase to talk about them um you know, it's assault rifles and, and semi-assault rifles, semi-automatic, automatic assault rifles. Um, those are the ones we really need to be getting off the street somehow. And, and well, just getting, and, and, and just ceasing to, like, produce for public fucking consumption. Like, who the hell needs these guns, bro? Who needs these guns? I don't know. Well, it just depends. <clears throat> you're, you're, most gun violence is committed with handguns, so getting the handguns out of off the street is good, too. And uh, well, ha handguns he, and, like, shotguns and rifles are people use them to take their own lives and stuff too so you know actually that's a that's a really fantastic point 55 percent of gun deaths every year are suicides so I, I don't want to discount the, the value of getting these guns just out of people's houses right out of grandma's house where someone goes one day grandson goes and he's not feeling great and you know oh there's access to a gun i absolutely am glad that those are getting taken out of the the, the picture because so many of the gun deaths in this country are related to suicide so um or are caused by suicide so uh thank you for bringing that up i appreciate it so we got one more story in winners and losers this is uh, apparently tesla and uh, pg&e our two favorite um <laughs> two favorite entities around here are uh, teaming up to i don't know do something 
Oh, it's in Moss Landing. It's over, it's out in Monterey, kind of. That's, that's not too far away. So there's fans in the top that cool everything. It's like a cathedral. And as we go to peak load, it does get louder. It sounds like a swarm of bees. Below the decommissioned towers of what was once California's largest power plant, PG&E cut the ribbon on its Moss Landing storage facilities. Yeah. 256 Tesla mega packs that act as one large battery for the state power grid. Offsite from here and sometimes many miles away is a solar plant that's generating right now. That in turn should go to a customer. If it's not going to a customer, then the CAISO can say, Alcorn, start absorbing that power. So breathe it in. And when it started breathing a few weeks ago, it immediately became PG&E's largest storage project. Yeah, so 182.5 megawatts that Elkhorn provides can power 250,000 homes. Typical utility installations have been in the 10, maybe 50 megawatts was a big one. 182 megawatts is an extraordinary project. We, we are able to store some energy, um, but even even with a, with a facility of that size, it's still a, a relatively small amount of energy. Lucas Davis is a professor and researcher at UC Berkeley's Energy Institute. He says a site like this is progress, the challenge is scale. These lithium ion batteries, they've come down in cost a lot. And and that's what's- Oh, of course he's gonna put that fucking, God damn it. But the but to do this in the electricity market is just a whole nother scale. We, we use vast amounts of electricity with air conditioning, with other forms of electricity. So we're not anywhere near having enough storage to smooth out daily, let alone seasonal, seasonal variability in electricity supply. We should add that there's an entirely different battery project on the plant property. It's owned by a third party. It might be the largest of its kind in the world. And it's had some problems. It has been offline. The PG&E Tesla project, however, said to be up and running as expected. We're here in Moss Landing. Wilson Walker, KPIX5. No, it's <sighs> mm, progress, producer Dave. <clears throat> no, lithium-ion technology is shit. It's like why your laptop fucking, you get a laptop and then a year later, the battery only lasts half as long as it used to. And so we're just going to install a bunch of that. Like to. Apparently. Oh to store, to store the, to store the power. Apparently. Whatever Elon Musk wants, Elon Musk gets. <clears throat> or something. I don't know. Maybe. We'll find out. So there's not, ways in my, which battery, <clears throat> batteries can be good for this, but it has to be like radically distributed. Hmm. Almost to the point where each person has and maintains their own battery. And then <clears throat> that's just for homeowners, right? Because apartment complexes aren't going to fucking bother with that shit. So then it's just actually the rich have power. But <clears throat> whatever. True. true. I wouldn't even true. be mad at it if it wasn't fucking Tesla and Elon Musk. And then they had to put that ugly, ugly fucking truck there. Los Rigos uh, cada vez tienen poder. So, it looks like San Francisco needs to get their shit together, and it's about a tower, but it's not about the fucking Millennium Tower this time. Right? How refreshing is that? It's amazing. <laughs> let's, get their sh let's get some shit together, or have it leak out of the pipes. We start with dozens of San Francisco tenants angry and frustrated. Someone tell us where we're supposed to go. You told us you were going to come out 10 minutes ago. It's been 30 minutes. Uh-oh. 
Oh, oh no, sacrificial lamb. Apartment residents confronted building management demanding some answers. They were forced to leave after a broken pipe flooded the high rise. As of now, they have been locked out for more than 72 hours. And as KPIX 5's Andrea Borber reports, residents still don't know when they'll be able to return. Andrea? It was around 2 on Friday afternoon when a water main broke at the very top of 33 Tehama, sending water shooting down 35 floors of elevator shafts and fouling the electrical system. We were asked to leave the building. I grabbed my cat and dog, didn't even grab my wallet, came out here. The trouble, though, was just beginning for residents of the building. I live in 2F, the first one on the second floor right here. There is currently no timeline for repairing and reopening the 400-unit luxury building. Residents were evacuated and moved to hotels around San Francisco. If anything, I think they should be paying us $4,000 a month for this experience right now. This morning, those residents began getting notices to vacate those hotel rooms. At 1 o'clock today, we had to leave and because Tahima didn't figure it out yet, so we're still down here waiting. You don't have time to sit here waiting for your lawyer to tell us. This morning, that upset boiled over to anger as residents demanded answers and communication from Hines, the Houston-based owner of 33 Tehama. Let's go inside. We live here. We live here. This is private property, and I need you guys to step away. I'm feeling unsafe. Residents are worried about where they'll sleep tonight. Hines senior managing partner Paul Parody says that the RSA convention hitting San Francisco has made finding consistent housing for flood displaced residents tricky. We are going to have places for people to stay every day. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we can't guarantee that it's in the same place. Just communication. That's all I want. I got kids. They got to go to school. They got to go to work. I'm a mom. I'm a single mom. I just want the communication line to be together. That's it. I don't want to be out here like this. Parody says communications have been strained because the flood took out phone lines. The only way that we can take incoming questions is with our email address, and we have people checking this constantly. Residents dispute this. The fastest method of communicating is the email they've given us. They don't reply to ever. Heinz representatives say they are making individual appointments with residents in the building to go up the stairs, not the elevator, to go and retrieve more of their items. There is currently no opening date for this building. In San Francisco, Andrea Borba, KPIX 5. So <clears throat> what's going on here is a very old building was given a facelift and sold to people as a luxury apartment. And then once one of the things that happens in a very old building happened, like the water main breaks. These things happen. It wasn't just a small pipe. It was a big pipe and it broke and it fucked up the whole building. Now they're like, but I'm, I rented a luxury apartment. It's like, no, you rented a 60 year old building with a facelift. <laughs> yes, very much so. That they didn't, that they didn't replace the pipes on when they gave it the facelift because they didn't have to. I pay $4,000 a month to live here. This must be a fine establishment. Um, they owe me the money. Um, I do have to agree with the uh, the representative that they the sacrificial lamb that they basically sent out there to defend uh, the the big corporate behemoth <laughs> at the end there. Oh, nice. Uh, so, uh, cheers to her for standing her ground. But that's a tough job. Um, and that's a tough assignment. Oh, what do we got here? How's it going? How's it going out there? Oh. So, yeah, I mean, I just want, I just mean to say there's nobody to root for. I don't, I don't not feel sorry for the people that like 
their apartment's flooded, they can't live at it, and they're not getting any help from the person who already took their rent for this month, right? Right, right. You know, because rent's Pretty due much. on the first, so they already have the rent. So, right. It, you know, if you paid rent at the end of the month, it might be a little different story. You go, hey, just don't pay your rent this month. Yeah, we're, we're cool. We're cool. Cool, cool, bro. But maybe, you know, pay it forward, right? Don't Don't have to pay your rent next month. That would be nice. But even that's like, you know, they just gave them the rent. So like where the, you know, what are they going to go pay rent again? A lot of people can't do that, but there's True. just nobody, there's just nobody. I don't know. They're like, that's not a luxury apartment building. Like it's got a luxury face on it, but that's not a luxury apartment building. That shit's been there for, that shit's been there since the fucking fifties or something probably, you know? Yeah. And it's a long-term hotel too. So it's not like, though it's, you know, it's, it's definitely not uh, you know, homeowners we're talking about are people with a bunch of money to be able to afford, you know, to find somewhere else to go. So, uh, anyway, well, uh, hopefully they'll, the landlord will get their shit together and they will figure something out for their tenants and fix that water leak for sure. But, um, uh, until then, um, we'll just have to hang out down ballot. How are things going out there on election night for y'all? It's, it's, it's election day here in Santa Clara County and, and across California. Um, it's primary election day. Things are happening. I didn't see if we, were there any results yet posted in the San Francisco races. No, I looked. There were not. That's, that's shady. I hope that I would hope there would be more. Um, so uh, it looks like we've got results uh, coming through at least from uh, Santa Clara County in some races. Um, so we could we could take a look at some of the local races uh, for the county and for the there's, state and there's city. so few people report. There's so few like. Um, Votes reporting. I'm seeing like 950 and 445 here. We can take a look it's at the governor's sad. race, though. It's, it's pretty sad. It's going about yeah, as you'd expect it to go. Sure, and that's and that's certainly just in our county, right? So it's going to be pretty heavily Gavin Newsom friendly, I would imagine. Um, this is a very democratic county. We tend to, to skew towards the Mayberry RFD, just do no harm, uh, centrist, uh, you know, don't rock the boat approach. So. Gavin Newsom will more than likely coast to victory, at least here. We'll see how he does at the state level. I think I've got the, I popped the state link in there because of the, the, uh, controllers race, which has been pretty heated. You might've seen a lot of ads for that in your television screen. Um, so, uh, we can check in and see what's going on there. So I don't know. This is just for our County, uh, County. And then if you look at, um, uh, local, where, where it is? Uh, oh, so the second tab down here, uh, mm -hmm. under results, Look at what, local. Is well, there a local? There's U.S. Races? Senate, but yeah, we'll take a look at local here. Yeah, that's local. And then you can look at like the the mayor's race in San Jose and the county. Oh no, Johnny Camus might be in a runoff with somebody. God damn it! Well, well, this is actually. Let me see what do we got here. Wow, that's impressive. So hold on, this is uh, county supervisor district one, Santa Clara County. For anybody listening on the pod, um, yeah, Sylvia Arenas is winning Johnny Camus's second. And it looks like they may end up in some kind of runoff, although not a lot of votes are counted. That's, That's not true. A lot but, um, well, there's also not, just not a lot of votes that have been submitted either, too. So um, this is actually pretty interesting. Um, Sylvia Arena is coming in really strong here. Um, Johnny Camus, I thought, might actually win the primary just because he is the most conservative out of all these candidates. He's uh, certainly the, well, he's not a Republican. He certainly profiles Republican. And it's a, it's a district that now doesn't include Amadan, but it does include South County, Gilroy, Morgan Hill, uh, San Martin, South San Jose. So um, it is slightly more conservative than your average district. But um, uh, he, uh, not surprising to see him make the runoff. 
more surprising to see that Claudia Rossi didn't have a stronger showing. I thought she was going to uh, turn in a little more of a stronger uh, grassroots campaign. So we'll we'll see what happens in the uh, final tally. But isn't he just if if there's a runoff, isn't he just going to get clobbered? Uh, more than likely, um, Sylvia will probably clean his clock if that ends up being the the runoff. Um, just simply on the demographics alone, frankly, right? Because um, he's a Republican also, trying to run for county county office in in Santa Clara County, which just leans, it's such a blue area. Even when you, yeah. even with the gerrymander or whatever they're trying to do, you know what I'm saying? It's still, it's still going to yeah, be well, an area that with heavily yeah, well, favors Democrats. We've been talking about data tonight, right? And charts, just look at this, these data. So the, uh, so there's Sylvia and Johnny, but then below rich Constantine and, and, and Claudia Rossi are also Democrats. Um, and also per, fairly, per, I mean, actually, you know, he'd argue just as progressive as Sylvia, if not more, um, in some ways, um, at least on Claudia's side. So uh, if you add their votes to Cla- to what Sylvia has now, right, those bars alone would just probably topple Johnny, no problem. Um, and more, more than likely, their voters are not going to be swayed by Johnny's message when it comes down to it. It's just a values thing. Um, and even though it's a nonpartisan race, the party tends to come out pretty easily in the the messaging I was once told that when I knocked uh, doors for myself, um, someone told me, you're not going to like me. Uh, and I said, well, what do you mean? Cause I just introduced myself and he said, well, I know, I know who you are and I've seen your materials and you know, I know what you stand for and you're not going to like me. I'm like, well, that's just not true. You seem like a very likable person. We may not agree on things, but you know, um, and so we ended up having a nice conversation, but, uh, he definitely wasn't voting for me. <laughs> so, so it's values, um, and they can t- and people can read between the lines. So, I, I think this looks really good for Sylvia. Frankly, that's uh, Bali for her um, getting in that runoff. So, um, and you know, we'll see what happens. So, for county supervisor district four, there's only one person running. It's Susan Allenberg. She won. Good for her. she won with, by unanimous acclamation by, um, by unanimous consent because there was no actual option to not consent. So, correct, correct. Um, so, uh, again, Bali to her. Uh, for, for scaring off all the competition. Um, for Assessor, it looks like Larry Stone is coasting to victory pretty handily. Although I'm, I, I gotta say, what is, can you read uh, Andrew's, uh, Andrew Crockett's vote percentage there? Is it uh, 40? About 31. <clears throat> that's actually not bad, frankly. That's not, that's not too shabby for, for uh, the campaign he, and the resources he had um, in running against a 27 year incumbent, I think. Um, not too shabby. So good <clears throat> on him. How's DA doing? Uh, Jeff, looks like Rosen's Rosen. going to win. <clears throat> I'm just really pissed off that the guy that wants to put everybody in jail is in second place. Uh, that's yeah, that's really disappointing. Because um, that guy just clearly wanted to throw people in jail. That was like I even <laughs> told him that on Twitter today. It's like because he because yeah. he promoted an ad and I saw it on Twitter and I'm like, dude, but you just want to throw everybody in jail? Why would I vote for you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's, you know, that is what it is. That's disappointing. Um, but, uh, you know, oh, you have to like Jeff Rosen's strength in that race. He he did very, very well. There was, there looks like there's going to be no doubt there once the votes are counted. And uh, so just so folks are aware, we're looking at results. Um, yes, they are early on, uh, but they also, you know, are, are pretty indicative of where things are going to land when the final analysis is uh, made. So, you know, uh, it, it, and that's simply because of this is represents most of the votes that have been brought in before today. Um, and then the only thing left to count are the votes that come in today. 
And generally speaking, especially in these past few years, these results, the early results have tended to to match or, or at least mesh somewhat um, with uh, the vote, the, the count of the votes that come in later. So, so you're not going to see while the vote counts may change, you're not going to see the percentages change a whole lot, you know, maybe sway 5% one way or the other. Um, but if it's a substantial bit like Jeff Rosen has a substantial lead here, it's not likely that that's going to change no matter how many votes get counted. However, so I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I didn't vote for any of the sheriffs because they all seem like cops. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're, and they're running to be the top cop. Who's winning right now? Um, it looks like Kevin Jensen, <clears throat> Robert Bob Johnson, because nobody knew Bob. that the guy named Robert might go by Bob. Yeah, Bob is uh, the current police chief in Palo Alto. That should tell you all you need to know, oh, uh, listener and watcher of this show, this podcast and, and show. Uh, that should tell you all you need to know. <laughs> um, so, oh, shit, that's not good. Um, but uh, luckily, it looks like, is he, what's the percentage vote for, for Bob? 34 to 29. So oh. this could, this could, but they're all cops. I, oh, I looked fabulous. up. I looked up all of them, and I was like, I, I don't. I don't like any of you. I don't. I don't. Thank I don't Kevin. dislike any of you more than any of the others of you. Well, so it looks like then Kevin Jensen will go to a runoff with Bob, um, and we'll see what happens in November. Um, but again, that's another situation where Kevin will probably consolidate a lot of Christine Nagaya's vote, and Alan, I'm sure too, because um, they're all running in the same lane, as it were. Whereas Bob is certainly going to be the the uh, crime and punishment candidate. Gotcha. So, uh, so, so we got the mayor. This this yeah, was shaking out about there. how I thought it was going to probably end up looking. We have um, Cindy Chavez versus Peter Thiel. Sorry, uh, Matt Mahan. Sorry, uh, Peter Thiel. Matt Mahan. <laughs> no, it's you're, I think you were right the first time. Um, Peter Thiel. Yeah, no, this, Peter Thiel this is, is going to go into a runoff with Cindy Chavez. <laughs> This is shaking down pretty much exactly how um, I figured it, it might. Um, so, what are we at with the percentages there for Cindy and Matt? I can't read the the. They're about there's about forty to thirty one. Okay. Um, in this particular case, um, this is pretty. Okay, this is pretty impressive um, for Mahan. Uh, honestly, uh, in terms of where he where his prospects look, what his prospects look like for November, I would say just based on these numbers. That Cindy Chavez should be worried. Um, well, you think the Dev one, Davis? You think the Dev Davis voters will go to a man? Hundred percent, maybe not. Okay, I a hundred percent agree with that analysis. Obviously, never a hundred percent of them will. Right? Um, I think that there will be some who uh, like Dev because she's a moderate um, female candidate, and given the the demographic of the electorate right now and the, the, the issues that are uh, out there at play in the national perspective. Um, and I especially heard this at the doors. Even someone asked me, what is your candidate's stance on women's rights? And I said, he is for them. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I, that, what kind of question is that? But, it, but that's a question I got. And I, you know, I, anyone who's knocked enough doors as a volunteer, if you're the candidate, you get questions ad nauseum you get questions off you know you, the questions you never even thought you'd have to answer you get as a candidate on the doors because they are so excited to be able to talk to the candidate if you're a volunteer it's a little different you don't get a lot of interaction typically so when i got questions like that it, it kind of caught me off guard like well i yeah he's for women's 
rights. I don't know, you know what else am I supposed to say <laughs> the truth. But um, anyway, long story short, I don't see a lot of devs folk going to Cindy at the end of the day. It, <clears throat> if it was, it would strictly be anyone who was voting for Deb because she was a woman and she might align a little better or she knows her or she would, she lived in Deb's city council district, right? Um, Raul's voters would probably trend more towards Cindy. Yeah, um, more progressive I, candidate, I, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but again, uh, you're not talking about a very large percentage. And frankly, Jim, Jim Spence getting that much vote is really disturbing. What's Jim? What's Jim's uh, percentage there? Uh, seven Jim and a half. Spence. Seven and a half. Yeah, that seven and a half percent of San Jose. What are you thinking, folks? Like, look up the people you're voting for. Like, <laughs> that guy uh, wants to create like gulags for the for our unhoused population. Um, oh, it's that guy. Good. It's the gulag yeah, guy. He's not good that for the the what did he call folks the hobo the hobo problem he wants to do something about the hobo problem folks I mean are you kidding me seven point five percent oh my god San Jose you're just you're just disgracing me right now anyway long story short though they are angry I'm more than likely Jim Jim's voters angry white people will flock to Matt Mahan because Matt Mahan is running no matter who he is or what he actually does stand for is running a campaign that is targeting angry white people. Um, and that's why you're seeing this really large bump in his vote because this campaign and the turnout to this date is older white people, um, over 65 and white folks are majority of the vote that's been counted so far and more than likely will be the majority of the vote that gets counted total. That's why he's doing so well. So hopefully in November we see a more colorful electorate and a more diverse electorate that can help to, um, uh, elect Cindy Chavez, but, but we shall see from our perspective, from our progressive perspective, but we shall see. I think that he's got a really good shot here. Um, that's, given that's weird that you say the turnout was low. Cause like my impression was I was seeing people from San Jose that don't ever tweet, like tweeting about voting and uh, everybody on, like on Facebook was talking, but that's a, a self that's, I understand that's a self-selected sample of people who are going to tend to get along with me for whatever reason. And then they're going to generally be more civic minded, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just think, I think maybe turnout will be a little higher in Santa Clara well, County than other. I places. mean, we can see right now. We can see right now if you scroll up on the right hand side, they usually have some sort. Of, well, that window. Here we go. Ballots cast. So there you go. Registered voters. One oh, million. Shit, it's only going to be like three hundred thousand people are going to vote. Three hundred ten thousand people or some shit are going to vote. Out of like because, because they est they estimated like at the max like you know um the vote count of everything that came in today would be maybe right would match what had come in to date um and double right so we'll see that's the results we'll see at eight forty five ish um so these numbers could change um but not in a very not in a significant enough way um so but we shall see. So nothing uh, anything, from San Francisco. Nothing here at all yet. Um, that's strange. Maybe they just don't. Maybe they just don't announce until eight forty-five. We can look at the state election though. Oh wow. Um, don't worry about that five percent reporting. That's a silly number. Don't even stress that number. It's just a, It's just telling you how many. It's just telling me telling you how many precincts have uh, sent in their numbers. Um, it doesn't mean doesn't have anything to do with the number of votes and uh, potential um, potential or cast already. But it looks like Gavin Newsom is, is, this is the state numbers. This is uh, consolidated from everything that's been reported statewide. So as you notice, San, for example, San Francisco hadn't reported any numbers yet. So San Francisco's yes. numbers will not be reflected here yet, right? This, this goes a, off the same that's not, numbers that we get. 
that's not just like seven people actually that's a lot of people it's going to be like right, a significant portion of the electorate yeah. right and it's usually the bigger state bigger counties los angeles san francisco santa clara um uh uh you know riverside orange um they uh, san diego they come in a little later or a little slower simply because they're big and it takes a while to you know, tally the votes and to uh to get them oh my neck god there's no map yeah oh yikes yeah so yeah. but it looks like there's, okay, there's so, so much there's so much that's left to be desired in terms of data on election night um at a local level and in california it's really sad so this is like not even a, a thing this is like gavin newsom's gonna walk off with this as the as the vote as the number of precincts report it's gonna probably trend more and more toward gavin newsom because he is the the only recognizable democrat and california is a large a place where most people live in the cities and as more and more votes come in more and more votes from the city are going to come in and he's just going to slowly increase his lead over the course of the night yes um however uh the, the nuance is that in california we have what's called an open primary system so it actually um while it would matter at a city or a county level if someone were to get like be crushing it with whatever 58 percent is that what it says yes yeah if someone were crushing with with that in the mayor's race or one of the county supervisors race right they would win outright in this race because we have this open primary system for statewide races and for federal races gavin's going to have still have to face off against whoever comes in second so let's find out who's who's second right now looks like brian, back up there with 18.7 percent who is it brian, De brian De Dolly. i don't even know okay. who the fuck that is he's i believe he's in the state assembly and or Senate, I want to say, uh, anyone in the chat happens to you know, that'd be fabulous if you didn't know. I, I would be really impressed. Um, he's in the state, he's in the state legislature, basically. He's a Republican. He's probably the most respectable Republican. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that, that pans out. But yeah, he's definitely way ahead as far as second place goes. So that, that will be your runoff. Um, so Gavin will have to prove himself in November um, against a, a Republican who's not a birther, um, it doesn't seem like. So, so, so he will have to, work a little bit let's check out the lieutenant governor see what's going on here Five yeah so lieutenant ahead. governor eleni kunalakis is your uh incumbent and looks like she is doing very very well um yeah, very well and then it uh, looks like uh i don't know if angela underwood jacobs is the top or at least the second place vote getter i don't know how many candidates are in this race Okay, yeah, it looks like she is. So An Angela's looking pretty strong. She's got a good 100,000 vote lead on David Fennell. I don't know anything much about Angela, so um, uh, I might have to ask the good wife about her. I don't know her so well. But Eleni looks pretty strong for re-election, and she hasn't done anything wrong, and lieutenant governor is not really a role that you can really fuck up, <clears throat> to be honest with you. So you said the controller's race is an interesting one. Is that right? That would, that, yes, let's check that out, because that is supposed to be the hot ticket of the night. And Oh, look at this interesting 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 okay oh wow polls are always so these uh, I, what, I, what i can tell here is these th these four democrats probably all win one after each other right yeah a hundred percent like, like I, does. I am the real democrat um malia cohen certainly had the establishment support she was supported by the current controller betty Yee. she had the support i believe of the party uh but i don't want to don't quote me on that um but she certainly had the establishment support um Ron Galperin uh, also uh, drew a lot of Democratic support from South uh, South Southern 
California. And then Yvonne Yu, whose ads you might have seen on TV, um, talking about how you could be the controller. Um, very cute. Uh, she's garnering quite a bit of the vote, too, and, and definitely uh, running a... She was a former mayor um, from Orange County and uh, is running a very rootsy campaign, um, but also plugging into that Democratic moderate uh, social social liberal fiscal conservative vote um and looks like what that she's tapping it pretty well here she's still trailing malia cohen by about forty thousand votes um to get to the the runoff with looks like lonnie chen will take will take the republican banner forward um and lonnie for those of you who don't know has been around quite a bit he's been on cnn he's been on national news um he looks kind of like uh, actor bd wong so sorry bd um but uh yeah, Lonnie looks like he'll be carrying the uh, the weight of the Republican Party in this race. Um, but again, if you add up Yvonne's vote, Malia's vote, Ron's vote, yeah, Steve Glazer's vote, like the spoiler, general. it's going to be a bloodbath for Lonnie Chen. So, the, so it really is which Democrat makes it through. And that's why you've seen Malia, Yvonne, and Steve Glazer running ads like nonstop. Ron, I don't think, has the money to run ads. Um, but he certainly, this is a great showing, frankly, seeing as how he didn't. But Steve has been on TV. So anyone went on TV looks like they get double digits and then. Uh, the people you don't see on TV, um, unfortunately. And that's true in the mayor's race, too, frankly. Cindy Chavez and, and Matt Mahan have been all over your TV screens uh, and your your social medias. So not surprising that they're one and two in the, in the final tally here, or at least the primary tally. We'll see what happens in the final tally in November. So we have two U.S. Senate races. One's a, a full term and one's a partial term. It's actually the same seat, if you'll believe that. Wait, this is what? one of those... Yeah, <laughs> this is one of those weird quirks of the election um, because Al, uh, Alex Padilla was appointed to fill uh, Kamala Harris's uh, seat. Uh, and oddly enough, it, it's very strange. I, I don't know how to describe it, but he, he has to face election to serve a partial term. But I guess the full term also came up at the same time. And there's just this weird quirk of elections where he has to face, you have to vote for him twice, basically. Um so uh, very odd. I don't. It does not at this point look like people are confused. He's getting fifty. Well, we'll have to check. We'll have to check the other one. Right. He's getting fifty-eight percent. He's doing of the vote better here. in the uh, partial one. He's doing better in the partial. So people. That's would the like real Alex race, Padilla's right? The real race right. here is: Does Alex Padilla in the in the full <laughs> term or the partial term get the? Well, what that the, says is that people, but like a few more people, want Alex Padilla to serve less years. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that's, much what that tells. That's what my scientific analysis tells me. That's that's um, that's, that's what's really going on here. That's the right. real race. So let's see who's who is uh, second in this race, so just so we can see who's going to be uh, taking on that Mark Muser. Okay, uh, I, I know. Who Mark, I've I've heard that. I, I've heard this name before. He's like you a, know this name. Uh, he's like definitely out of like a, he's i think he's silicon, silicon valley guy okay well we'll we'll see uh we'll see and then anyone else down down further down the ballot here anyone else this is a big race so okay yeah, it looks like so mark is going to take on well, let's see who's alex there. let's see who's in second place on the for the partial term yeah i don't i don't know how this works i guess mark is here too so the, i don't know how this works maybe you had to file for both and if you win but i, I don't it's it's very weird the the this is sort of why people get turned off by, by elections because it's just fucking confusing. Um, and people just want people, they want to pay less. And I mean, they don't want to, not everyone wants to pay less in taxes. They want fair taxes. They want fair representation. They want someone to answer the phone when they have a problem. That's pretty much it. I mean, that's not that hard. That's it's a reasonable that thing to want, but they don't, I don't think people like care much that like you have to like, 
elect competent people for that to happen, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I uh, and it's that, and that's also unfortunate because uh, right now we're seeing really, really diminished turnout in these races, and that's despite the fact that everyone was mailed a ballot, right? You, me, everyone, and their brother got a ballot in the mail if you're registered to vote. Um, and there's really no excuse to just take five minutes and crank it out if, if you care enough. And obviously, if uh, folks don't care enough, and that's our fault. Maybe it's not as, the, maybe that's the, our politics fault. It's just maybe the the like the results, or because our our society is so complicated, the results of what you do when you vote, or even like if you volunteer in your community or anything like that, the results are so far abstracted from the action that you took that I think people really just need a, like a sense of civic responsibility or whatever. They're just not going to vote. Cause like what, like otherwise it's just, it just doesn't seem like even on the local level, like I said, the world's just getting so complicated that people yeah. can't really see the results of like themselves voting. And I mean, yeah. that's just the way of the world. Yeah, it's very true. And I, I think whoever can figure out how to make that direct connection gonna do very very well and i mean not not for thing. nothing like you know you go vote for the president and you're not you're not confident that if the person you voted for gets the most votes that they're going to be the president then like then what do you start you right. know that's true and, and then what's what's the point of coming out the next time right, right. um so let's do, we can do better we can absolutely do better we can do better to educate folks about the importance and we can do better to make sure our elections are secure so that the people have confidence um, and open source voting might be some of the the solution for this, but we'll get to, into that in another episode of Down Ballot. We can talk about it some other time. So we got a um, great thing for and another thing this evening. A podcast listeners, thanks yes. for uh, toughing that out. This you can get this video of this on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, and BitChute. Um, because some of this will not make too much sense if you weren't able to see the video. So go check out the video. And make sure you follow us in whichever of those video places you decide to take a look. We have one last story we do and another thing. And this is like, this is like why who you vote for matters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Matt Haney just got elected to the state assembly and now he is fighting for last call to be moved from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. So fucking A, elections matter. Looks like we're going through this again. What if last call came a little later, like okay. 4 a.m.? Yeah, yeah. There's a renewed push tonight to allow some California cities to keep serving alcohol until the wee hours of the morning. Supporters believe wee. the timing is just right, but there's plenty of opposition as well. Here's NBC Bay Area's Christy Smith. Especially nightclubs, we have such a compressed amount of time when we uh, have a fair amount of business. At Bow in San Francisco's Castro District, Tim Eicher, an owner, says staying open later would help his bottom line. They had to close for several months and pivoted during the pandemic. He says business has generally bounced back. But, um, and there's, there's kind of a lot of pent-up demand because people are just ready to go out. But at the same time, you know, we had so many months without uh, income where, you know, the rent piles up. So, you know, we're still kind of trying to recover from that. We know that nightlife is so incredibly important for our culture and for our economy. Today, State Senator Scott Weiner and Assemblymember Matt Haney came here to talk about their new legislation. If passed, it would allow seven pilot cities, including Oakland and San Francisco, to extend alcohol sales to as late as 4 a.m. When you think of why people move 
move to cities. There are many reasons. And one of them is that they want to have vibrant nightlife. They say California's one-size-fits-all 2 a.m. cutoff doesn't work. Wiener introduced similar legislation in 2018, but Governor Jerry Brown vetoed it, saying it would simply promote more late-night drinking. Well, yeah. To the ways that we have to step up. For if you're going to make have alcohol legal, then what the fuck do you care what time it is when somebody drinks it? Right. That's actually now coming out of the pandemic. Myra Jimenez is with the watchdog group Alcohol Justice and says a later last call is just a dangerous idea. Driving under the influence, the reality that we don't have the infrastructure to take on, you know, folks driving um, later hours than 2 a.m. on our on our highways. I dispute the notion that when you actually end determines that. And I think Ben is also correct that having staggered closing times has a lot of public safety benefits. Wiener says the bill would give cities options, including extending hours only on certain nights or neighborhoods. He says qualifying cities would also need to work with law enforcement to develop appropriate public safety and transportation strategies. Christy Smith, NBC Bay Area News. That's a fucking great idea. Yeah, let the club stay open later. I think especially the clubs because there's like music, there's something to do there. There's like a, there's like a yeah. whole there's like a whole occurrence there, right? Yeah, and I, I and especially when it comes to clubs and uh, those spots, you know, I I don't know anyone who's still partying at two a.m. who wouldn't mind still partying until four a.m. Right? Um, so <laughs> whatever happens to be coursing through their system, I am um, just a drone. I uh. Like the, like the nightclub owner was saying, how much do you think the fucking lease is on that spot in the Castro? Why why don't we let him stay up until three on Friday and Saturday or four on Friday and Saturday and rake in some more yeah. money for his fucking club? And some tax revenue for the city services and shit. I know exactly where that place is, too. That place used to be called Harvey's, and that's a dope spot. And if that was open till 4 a.m., that would be quite good, actually. <laughs> uh, well, uh, here's to being able to enjoy and pour one back with you, Producer Dave. So uh, that's been down ballot. Uh, like I said, everybody check out the video of that because some of it was very video dependent. And uh, Councilman, you want to read the show out? Yeah. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, I really hope uh, that everyone out there voted, at least the one those of you living in California where we had an election today, um, and that you at least studied up a little bit before you, you did it. Um, that would be very helpful. Um, so keep doing that and tell your neighbors, tell your friends. It's not a worthless endeavor. It's not a, a, a futile endeavor. In fact, that's exactly what the uh, status quo, the powers that be, the the evil big brother, right? That we all fear. That's exactly what they want you to think. So don't think that. Don't succumb to that. Vote. Get educated. Get knowledgeable and vote. Um, and if you have any questions, come to down ballot. We have all the answers sometimes. That's not true. This is Audible Smoke Signal. This is Locals. Uh, live listeners, hang out. We're going to do Local Love in a minute. we got a great guest tonight. And uh, we'll be back in, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. Thanks for doing Peace. this with me this evening, Councilman. As always. <laughs> you too. Nice for the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car just to get to where they are 
Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing green Sit at the front of the stage waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing queen Now get the fuck up on stage and rock the scene Yeah, we do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and we do what we want, what we want to do, and what we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band, enjoy that band. I turn and head back to the bar for a refill, man, because you know where we are, we're headed out to the car. Just smoke another one, what? and another one Woo! Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing and you know it's time to head in Alright everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it and then pass it to me yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want What we want to do what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Enjoy that band Last up on the bill for the show tonight It's down and dirty and five so we're headed outside To spark up another joint now who's got my light A stoner E of course shouldn't you be inside I'm all up in this bitch being who I gotta be I'm fucked up like the US economy The truth is is that I don't think logically Stoner E take you on a psychedelic now inside motherfuckers is rockin' me And outside shit we smoke a lot of broccoli Rocky the roller, you're the sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but I'll probably do a sloppin' We do what we want, what we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We want us to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Wow.